With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. The latest from Batshit Bonkers Britain, Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And a very warm welcome to the Katie Hopkins Show on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. And we're still yet to see the sky here in the UK in 2024. Coming up in our lovely show today, Olaf Schlotz, the German. Uh, We're going for a deep dive on the German economy. I know it sounds dull. I promise I'll make it interesting. Dave Chappelle walks off stage after a fan films his show. Is it Suck It Up, Buttercup? Or bless the Lord for Dave Chappelle, I'm the latter. And Elon Musk, does he care if the financial value of Twitter is supposed to be about a third of what he paid for it? You know what to do, good people. You know the drill by now. I may be in the driving seat here in my fantastic, hold on, I'm going to show you Christmas sweater. Look, Uh, But you are the engine. No, are you the driver or the engine? I'm the driver. You're the engine. But you are the engine for this show. Here is how you join the conversation. Katie Hopkins wants you to chat to her. Just go to TNTradio.live, hit chat, and join your family chatting away. We're on the highway to freedom, where listeners drive the show. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, please do join the rest of the tribe on chat. If you want to join the conversation, help drive the show, uh, you can be whatever gear you want. You can be the gear stick. <laughs> if it so pleases you, you just go to tntradio.live, uh, go to where it says chat, and then just say hello. When you say hello, you will have that sense of being kind of, what would we say, slightly over molested by a little flock of golden retriever puppies. That's how we greet people here on chat at TNT Radio. Uh, But yours is the conversation that drives this thing. I have a vague plan of what might happen in the next hour, but in truth, no one knows because it comes from my soul. Um, But meanwhile, you guys are the ones steering this thing. So do join the conversation any which way you like uh, here at TNT Radio. And a very uh, warm uh, thanks to the lovely Dean for being just a godsend to humanity. Uh, Morning, morning. Um, Happy New Year, Katie, you little pocket dynamo, you. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Nearly 50 years old. (laughs) Pocket dynamo. That isn't what I thought when I looked in the mirror this morning. Can I just tell you that I'm still arranging my skulls to show off my sweater? No one else is as impressed, look, with my sweater as I am. (laughs) But I'm really impressed. (laughs) Basically, what I intend to do today is just show people my sweater. Um, Pocket rocket. I don't know if I am a pocket rocket. Yesterday, um, so yesterday was it marked the last day of the family gathering here at Team Hopkins. And if you know me, you'll know that we're not actually Team Hopkins uh, in both senses. One sense is that uh, at many times in any given day, month, year, entire sections of my family cannot even bear me, understand me, and we're not on the same continent, which is a good thing. But in terms of Team Hopkins, the other side of that is that none of us are actually Team Hopkins because in order to uh, protect everybody from me, everybody has different names. So when we go to book 
like a hotel or something, or we go to book flights. <laughs> uh, I have to book flights in five different names, which basically makes me look like, you know, Katie Price, but with a brain. Looks like I've just basically been a hooker and every one of my children has different fathers, which I'm fine with as well. You know, if the judgy old cow behind the check-in desk wants to think that about me, well, let her be jealous. You know, why not? Father's Day at Katie Price's house, revolving door. That's my own joke, but it makes me laugh every time. Uh, so the, yesterday was officially the last day of the whole chickens, chicks returning to the nest. Uh, the farm chick, the nurse chick, uh, my son, who sort of lives here full time because he's only 15. But you know what I mean? All of us all together, nearly all of the time. And it was really blooming great. We all had a great time this Christmas. So yesterday being the last day. And what we did is we sat around having a lunch. Can I say two things about lunch yesterday? We do have top three stories to do. I do have the German economy to talk about. I do want to talk about Dave Chappelle. I do want to touch on Elon Musk or touch Elon Musk. <laughs> Both options are open. But anyway, back to my lunch yesterday, overlooking the stormy seas and people miserably trying to enjoy themselves going for a brisk walk, because that's what British people do at this time of year in order to try and stop themselves being so depressed they just immediately throw themselves into the ocean or under a train, is they go for a brisk walk. It was absolutely, it was horizontal rain coming at their faces. They were all dressed in just everything they owned to try and self-preserve. And then they're walking towards the wind, so you can barely walk. You're, you're walking at a sort of angle, the rain is coming straight into your face at an angle. And then you've got things like kids and dogs. And bless British people, they were eating ice creams because they were on the seafront. And they don't care if it's minus two. They don't care if we haven't seen daylight for the whole of 2024. They don't care if it's actually their New Year's Day, but they're going to punish themselves because that's what, that is how British people feel best. If we can find some misery and stick some abject misery on top of it, that is precisely what we're going to do. And that's what those people were doing. Meanwhile, me and my sensible family sat in a restaurant looking out the window under heaters, drinking wine. Can I just say, shocking thing, my, uh, this is kind of first world problems, but you know, when did that ever stop me? My menu arrived yesterday and mine was the only one without a wine list on the back. Can I just say that? I, I mean, is that rude? Is that someone trying to protect me? Is that someone trying to do, like do care for Katie Hopkins, care for Katie in the community? Imagine that everyone else's menu was fully printed with a wine list, but not mine. Anyway, we went through the year together and month by month, what was each person, so there's five of us, each person's highlight for that month. I do this because I feel like, you know, Everybody needs things to look forward to. It's a good way of communicating with the kids that, you know, I'm going to be away a lot. Things are happening a lot this year. I'm going to be more or less disappeared from April right through until the back end of July. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the US and I'm going to be part of, uh, I'm going to get to the Republican National Convention this year if it kills me, and it might. Um, so we were going through the year, month by month, about what's people's highlights. And the glorious thing was someone had a highlight for each month which I think is really good. And the point of this story, which I admit has been longer than we thought, uh, I will get your uh, chats in a moment, um, is that that's a good way 
to if you're really fed up if you're in the uk right now and i appreciate we have listeners in california and we have listeners in america and we have listeners in south africa and we have listeners in australia in 42 degrees a studio tells me this morning oh, oh, oh so hot here few few hotty hot if you're in the uk and you're feeling like oh god i've got to endure january do do that do get a wall chart put it in in your wherever you spend most of your time, I don't know, your bathroom, under your bed, wherever you spend most of your days, and have something fun in every month of your life. It is the only way. And don't think about things like guilt or necessarily cost. I know no one's got money. Or shame or, well, what you ought to do. Don't think about any of those things. Those are all um, unnatural constraints put on us by others. Think of what you would buggering well like to do in that month and put it in the calendar and then make it happen. Because every month you should have something fabulous to look forward to. And it doesn't matter how small it is. It could be sitting on your own eating fish and chips in the rain. Just do something each month for yourself. Okay, good. Oh my word. I I have a Yugoslavian pseudonym, pissed off, dig in, <laughs> dig in a ditch. Pissed off digging a ditch. <laughs> so what are the problems with chat? There's no problems with chat. One of the problems with me in relation to chat is that obviously I'm reading it live. So as you're typey tippy typing in, I'm following your conversation as part of informing the show. But it does mean that some of the hilarity gets missed in my very poor preparation because I don't have time to prepare. So here we go. I have a Yugoslavian pseudonym. Pissed off, digging a ditch. <laughs> See, the timing, hmm? everything. I'd choose a restaurant over walking any day, I know. But there was a moment where the family, the tribe, my little gang, we were looking out of the restaurant down onto these people who were enduring the sort of stuff that I would normally do, you know, running just to prove that I'm harder than everyone else, eating their ice creams. And I was like, look at that. That's the British people right there. Horizontal rain. But you know, 25, 70 mile an hour winds, I don't know. Grey gloom, skin so blue that, you know, it looks like it would flake off and just reveal tiny crippled veins, somewhat beat from a somewhat cold and beating heart made of concrete. And yet there they are holding their ice creams. Like, look at us. We will endure no matter. If the apocalypse does happen, and I just noticed that we still have three stories to do before the next break, which is not going to happen. But if the apocalypse does happen, or let's just say, you know, we are hit by the asteroid, or let's say Bill Gates gets his way and everyone's sat in the dark, sucking on the arse end of a locust, raping each other in the metasphere. I happen to think that this kind of British stoicism eating ice creams in what is the worst winter ever. That might be exactly the sort of thing that's going to get us through, isn't it? It's why we're suited to off-grid living. Good morning, good evening, lovely people. See, look at the boundless enthusiasm with which people rock up to tribe. There is hope everywhere, I tell you. All you have to do is look for it. People who are still in the, who wake up and going, good morning, here I am. Bring it. Uh, Boradar, there we are. That's us. Yes. Oh, the same British people that stayed indoors on the sofa when they were told to. I know, but those are different people to the people eating ice creams in the rain. And also we can be bitter. 
or we can choose to let that go. And as you know, I say, there are some people that are lost. They are lost to Bill Gates. They are lost to arse sucking of locusts and they are lost to raping each other in the metaverse. And I say that because that has just happened. The police are investigating a rape that happened in the metaverse. I'm just gonna let that sink in for a moment with you all. And I've long believed, obviously many of us have, that the plan for us is that we no longer exist in physical person. We only exist in the metaverse. The only way you will go out is in the metaverse. That's what it's being conceived for as they transition to non-humankind. So in the metaverse where young people go to live life because they're too terrified of real life to ever go out or communicate with anyone, in the metaverse, a girl was just raped. So police are investigating the rape of a girl in the metaverse. And I say girl, but of course, who knows? And who knows? I mean, the world's a crazy place. We can all agree that. Do you know the top three stories that we're supposed to be doing? Mm, I do. I'm going to tell you them. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to do one before the commercial break because, you know, I want to talk about, uh, I wanted to talk about earthquakes in Japan. I wanted to talk about American XL bullies, which as you'll know, um, can no longer walk off leash, 94 pounds 50 and all the rest of it. And then I wanted to talk about Hutu rebels in the Red Sea. And I don't know what about that is striking me as so important, but somehow I wanted to talk about that. I'm going to choose uh, Japanese earthquakes how do we feel about that? I was alerted to Japanese earthquakes yesterday by tribe on chat during the show. And it's a true thing. Have you seen them? I've heard from people that have seen uh, earthquakes happen or have been present when an earthquake happens. And they say that it's so bonkers to see a road turn into like a, a, a sea, you know, with a wave coming down tarmac, like the motorway turning into an actual wave, that your brain cannot process it. And so there's a moment where you don't know if you're in reality or a distorted reality, or if you're dreaming or having a nightmare, because things that shouldn't do the thing they're actually doing in front of you are happening and it's too crazy to get your head around. I have a feeling that being in an earthquake is much like being an epileptic because the world that you're suddenly living in is a distorted reality compared to everyone else. But anyway, a Japanese earthquake, thousands of people in Japan spending the night last night in evacuation centers after the powerful earthquake. I think that was four people confirmed to have died. I believe that number is 50. And one of the things we were talking about yesterday was, um, oh, hold on. If this is live, Katie, well, of course it's live. What else would it be? Oh, I see. It could be a repeat. Yes. Uh, if this is live, I've been through um, several earthquakes and it's true. You don't know if it's real or not. It sounds like, oh, it sounds like the earth is being torn apart. That's so interesting, isn't it? Because, so I was talking about what the visual, what's been explained to me that the visual is this, that the, the concrete turns into water 
almost so it becomes a wave and it's coming towards you this way and you're like what but wait that's a road how is that a, how is that now the sea but imagine then that another of your senses well all of them but i guess you what can you smell stuff i don't know can you do earthquakes smell quick uh katie sorry katie i live in japan how do you how do we say shall i try and be sensible no um I live in, right, let me tell you where this person lives. If you're not on uh, Chitty Chat, do go there. It's fascinating. Much more interesting than me. TNTradio.live. K-Y-U-S-H-U. There is no need to do those arm gestures, is there at all? Um, I live in Koshoka, Japan, and yesterday, went through, I'm, could I grow up? A 7.6. Imagine living through that. <gasps> Southwest Japan. Harry, if it is you called Harry, which no reason it wouldn't be. Can you tell me, do earthquakes smell? I'm not being facetious. I'm not being rude. I'm not being childish. I am all of those things. I, I genuinely, Southwest Japan, a small island. So, so what I'm asking on Chitty Chat is more information about earthquakes. So there's a sound, Harry says, of them being, of hearing the earth ripping. Oh, can you imagine? And I, I, that so calls to my soul because background noises are massive for me. So I, I have a hyper sensitivity to background noise. I have a bizarre obsession about what music's being played in the background of places. Now I can hear that my washing machine's going in the background. Other people can't hear this because they don't focus on them. <gasps> not that I remember. I think that not that I remember that it has a smell. It's the earth moves and then that there's nothing you can do about it. Yes, you can only, what can you do? Hold on, wait, hope. Do you have thoughts when an earthquake hits? Do you think, Shit, I should have done that thing? You know, do you think like, oh, damn, I wish I'd just eaten myself till morbidly obese. That's probably not the thought you have. Like, what would be that last thought that you think, dang it, I wish I'd blah, 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 blah. Or does that not happen? Do you just think, hell, that's an earthquake. I'm screwed. Very interesting. Ask Harry your questions on Tribe about earthquakes because he's been there and he knows. But we don't think earthquakes smell. I really want them to smell as well. But he can, but in an earthquake, you can hear the earth ripping. And so as your eyes are processing something that makes no sense, you're also hearing something that makes no sense. And then presumably you realise how small and ineffective humans are at anything and actually all we are is ants. I don't know. Is that the thing? I still live here 25 years now. Uh, can you hear the buzz from light globes, Katie? Oh, yes. So light bulbs can, so I have to, so there was a set of Christmas lights we had plugged in. I had to get rid of them because the buzz that no one else could hear was driving me to insanity. Um, so yeah, so back the the distraction of background noises is obviously something to do with wherever I am on the spectrum. Um, that drives me nuts, the buzzing lights from globes that no one else seems to hear. Someone asking me, what would I like um, earthquakes to smell of? Uh, yeah, so someone's asking eggs because, of course, the sulphur. We will do a commercial break in a moment, but just right now I'm going down an earthquake rabbit hole. What would I like an earthquake to smell of? I think I want it to smell like, mmm, unctuous. I just said that because I really like the word unctuous. I want it to smell like peaty goodness. You know how you dig in a forest 
Do you know what studios just said? <laughs> so I'm here going, I, I can smell unctuous peaty goodness and the studio is going i can hear a friggin break coming up you old hag <laughs> they didn't write that i just added the rude bit i can hear a break too but let's just discuss what we think earthquakes would smell of tribe i feel like yeah i feel like earth i want it to be like when i so i go to the local forest and i dig up leaf litter from about half a meter down don't ask me why i i'm a strange obsessional about hydrangeas <laughs> is that the weirdest thing i've ever confessed to yeah it probably is but that peaty goodness that's what i want the earthquake to smell of i think it's because i want people to be okay and i feel like peaty goodness would be reassuring at a time when you can hear the earth ripping and you can see a tidal wave of concrete i want japanese people to smell earthy goodness and know that it will be okay see in my soul, there is kindness. But what we're going to do now is a kind act to studio who are beginning to harass me about, uh, we have earthquakes. I know studio, but chat is so much more interesting. We have earthquakes, active volcanoes, typhoons, and Godzilla here in I feel like I need to go to What about, I'm by five for eight and six foot in heels. And last time I was in Japan, I was just massive. I was like Gulliver. Do you know, I just felt like Gulliver the whole time with people pointing at my nose. Try having a nose. Oh, I've got a nose story for you as well. Try having a nose like mine and wearing it at six foot in Japan. Like seriously, Japanese people were like cowering under my nose for shelter. In fact, maybe that's the answer, Harry. We import me to cut it and then I can be the earthquake shelter. I could provide it with my nostrils. Just a thought. Keep that thought in your brains. Keep chitty chatting. Do join your tribe, TNT Radio dot live. Never a dull moment here in the south of Japan. I think I can only add to that with my nostrils. You know, overnight earthquake shelter. Hopkins nostrils, six foot, plenty of coverage, small Japanese people. Lovely. Um, we are going to come back after this short commercial break. That was a direct instruction to studio to stop nagging me and find the shortest commercials possible. I so want to talk. Oh, my God, I've got the funniest thing. I have a very inappropriate story coming up. If it causes you to leave the TNT experience with me, I say fair. You know what I mean? I say you can be outraged and you should own that outrage. And if that means you have to huff off, huff off, I say, do you. But I have an offensive story that made me kill myself laughing last night doing my prep. And then my darlings, we are going to talk about the German economy because it is pissing off the farmers and the restaurants. So go nowhere, good people, or with my special set of skills, I will hunt you down and break your legs. My name is Katie Hopkins, and this, my darlings, is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shamarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive, and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then 
then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if, I I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenager's brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. I'm just going to do a little voice I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. We're rolling. It is my pleasure to present Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes, my darlings, this is Katie Hopkins on TNT Radio. Thank you for that canned applause. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, we could just, oh, we did used to have applause, didn't we? We used to have, we had a multitude of sounds that we used to play in. I don't know if we were able to do that in the new system. Uh, interesting things happening on chat. I have misophonia, which is what it is when noises in the background annoy us. Ha, ah, misophonia, which must be associated with whatever it is I have, attention deficit or ADHD or whatever label they put on it. <laughs> when your brain is obnoxiously concerned with all that's going on about you to the point of the minutiae of the thing, that's what I actually think it is, as opposed to misophonia, is that I just can't help but want to know everything that's going on around me. And that goes down to the teeny tiniest little detail of what stage of the cycle my washing machine is at. And then it annoys you intensely because there's many bigger things you should be focused on in life, right? Um, earthquakes. Uh, somebody here on Tribe saying, I'd much prefer it if earthquakes would smell like frangiapani. <laughs> frangiapan, that's, um, is that like that almond stuff that people have in tarts? And what's that tart called that people eat? Bakewell, isn't it? 
a Bakewell tart is that's what the frangipan is that is it marzipan type smell like an almond paste I think it is how do you say almond 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 I think I say almond uh, never a dull moment in Japan some speculation that the Japanese earthquakes were called but uh, uh, created by the Godzilla uh, that one of the listeners has just said that they have their if the earthquake smelt like cheese, it would probably be the smell of debris. I rehearsed that. <laughs> That's not my joke, by the way. It's someone here on Tribe. Did you get it? Do I have to do it again? I think if you do it twice, you're spoiling the thing. Debris. Huh? Yeah, okay, good. Now, I don't get this one. Earthquakes probably smell of updock. What's updock? I don't get that. What's up, Doc? Setting it up for you. What's up, Doc? Why can't I get that gag? Everybody else has got it. Okay, good. So let me tell you my story and someone can explain. Earthquakes probably smell of what's up, Doc? No, I can't get it. I tell you, I think I'm funny, but I don't get it. Let me tell you this, though, that tickled me for a long time. And um, I'm not going to warn anyone because I already warned you before the break. And if you weren't here for that, well, then suck it up. Benjamin Kiplagat. Do you know him? This will be there'll be a listener now that's related to this bugger, and then you know, oh God, this will be hate speech. So, if you are related to Benjamin Kiplagat, then I'm very sorry for your loss. <laughs> but anyway, Benji, as I now call him, who represented past tense. Do you see this? Where the story's going? <laughs> Oh, frangipani, tropical flower. We have frangipani trees all over Queensland. Lisa, me too. I'm in Western Australia. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. It's not even that it comes in a box in frangipani just because in Australia, because they live in a tropical paradise, they smell it wafting at them as they walk about the place. See, this is what happens. You send prisoners overseas, they end up living in some tropical paradise that smells of frangipani flowers opening into the morning sunshine before they decide to go for a dip in the ocean. And I end up living in this festering little shithole. And the only thing I'm going to smell all day is the armpit sweat of some African person imported here to have a hotel room that my family could have had. Ah. Oh. Benjamin Kiplagat represented Uganda, didn't you know, at three Olympic Games. Uh, local reports are that he's been stabbed. But here's my here's the paradox, right? So he reached the semi-finals of the 2012 London Olympics in the 300, sorry, pardon me, 3,000 metre steeplechase, right? And he's been found next to the training center in Ken in Kenya, which is Eldorat, super famous training center, stabbed to death. I'm just saying, if you are a Ugandan 3,000 meter steeplechase, have you seen what those guys look like? They basically look like a pencil. They're basically built like a wafer thin pencil. Turn them sideways, they disappear. You're a runner. You're an Olympic runner, not just a runner. You're a steeplechaser and you sat about and allowed yourself to be stabbed. 
just going to say, I feel like Benjamin deserved it. Like, if you're a runner, run away. Like, if you see someone, just say, if you're a Ugandan steeplechaser out there, you know, having a little rest under a tree near your training centre, see someone coming at you with a machete. I don't want to, like, put words in your mouth. I don't want to make suggestions that are unfair. But I'm just saying, why not run? Well, that's what I just thinks what I'd if I was a 3,000 meter just in my condition I'd run don't sit there and wait to be stabbed you blooming lunatics anyway much sadness we've lost a gentleman called Benjamin Kiplagat who despite being able to run like a hare up a hill being chased by hounds allowed himself to be stabbed to death silly silly Billy let's talk about the Ger I think I'm in a bit of a silly mood now. Uh, the German budget. The German budget. Basically, the Germans, the Germans ran out of money uh, in a very big way. Uh, a funding shortfall of uh, 17 billion euros. 17 billion euro hole in its 2024 budget. So because the German politicians have a 17 billion dollar uh, euro pardon hole in the budget guess who gets to take the hit for that do you think it is a the German government who created the 17 billion euro hole in the budget hmm? Do you think it's the bureaucrats who assisted in the creation of the 17 billion euro hole in the budget? Do you think they'll be impacted? Mm. Or do you think it's the farmers and the restaurateurs and the people who keep the country going and the people whose profit margins are on about one or two percent currently? Mm. Who should pay for the hole in the budget? Why not make it the hardest working people in Germany, the farmers? Let's take a listen to this clip. There is some German and being spoken when the Germans are speaking they are basically saying the government can stick this up their ass it's always the farmers that are hardest hit take a listen to this German farmers drove their tractors to Berlin's Brandenburg gate on Monday after hearing that they'd no longer receive a tax break for using diesel the government needs to plug a 17 billion euro hole in its budget and has targeted the agricultural sector for not converting to cleaner energy namely electricity Ja, das ist eine Katastrophe, weil bei den Betrieben, zum Beispiel bei Kleinbetrieben, gehen pro Betrieb ca. schon mal 5000 Euro raus. Und 5000 Euro, die sie ja, mehr bezahlen müssen am Ende. Und da tut schon weh. Und gerade bei der jetzigen Ertragslage, die wir haben, plus diesen zusätzlich hohen Kosten, die wir die letzten Jahre, die Kostensteigerung, die wir die letzten Jahre mitmachen mussten, ist das schon sehr katastrophal, ja. Surprisingly, Germany's Agriculture Minister has sided with the farmers, saying they have no alternative but to use diesel. Meanwhile, the government is also scrapping a car tax exemption for farm vehicles. The consequences, not only for us, but for the complete consumer, are the livelihoods are cheaper. Farmers say their heavy machinery can only run on diesel and it's not yet possible to switch to electric. The Farmers Association says the agriculture sector could lose nearly a billion euros. It is unbelievable. Every time, I mean, the punitive action that is being taken against farmers globally is, is well, I say globally, particularly in the first world, Western Europe is just repellent. And Australia, of course, uh, they're farmers. So the, the campaign of aggressive intimidation of 
farmers pushing them beyond the point of bankruptcy is so joined up now. It is so obvious, so clear to see, and so utterly heartbreaking that when, I mean, and this is particular malice, and I, you'll know, I'm no fan of the Germans. I harbor a grudge. Uh, I cannot in any way identify with any elements of their uh, culture. I think their buildings might look quite pretty, but the rules that they impose on their own people, the people's willingness to abide by rules, their lack of a funny bone, in my opinion, please get on here if you're German and you find, you know, what the life, uh, the world hilarious, or you have a personality, let me know. But my overall sense is that I have I am the opposite of Germans. It's why lovely Mark wants to go to Germany and spend time because it calls to his soul because, you know, like I say, we're opposites. But it's the farmers that are taking the hit. You know my love for South African farmers. I went and slept on their lands to prove they were being slaughtered. The German farmers now are taking the hit. So you're not going to be able to get uh, red diesel, which you'll know if you're farming, that you need that to be able to operate your machinery. They, the German government said we're going to penalise farmers for not converting to electricity. Oh, what, you're going to run a chuffing great tractor hauling vast, vast tonnage of equipment of all sorts of varieties? You're going to power that by electricity, are you? Well, by a battery, a battery-powered tractor. How do you see that going for people? And how are they supposed to convert? And where are they supposed to get the money to do these conversions? And that is the ruse that's being used now to penalise the German farmers. And of course, you know about the Dutch farmers, Australian farmers too, South African farmers are just being slaughtered off their lands. And this is the plan. And you know who's bought up all the land in America. This is the plan for stopping us able to be able to consume is just to get rid of, take away our methods of meat production. It just breaks my soul because if ever you're in trouble or ever you need something, they've just pulled that blooming great dinosaur skull off the cliff in Dorset. Do you remember me banging on about that the other week? There's a whole David Attenborough program about it, him taking the credit for the dinosaur skull that came off the Dorset cliff. Who created the contraption that was able to get that skeleton out of the cliff? A farmer. Who will we rely on when the shit hits the fan? Farmers. Who can we depend on to work every hour of every day, of every week, of every month? Farmers. And so they're being penalised because they're the toughest, they're the strongest, they're the ones able to rebel because they are manly men. I love them. Love you all if you're farmers. Um, I'm looking now just on trip. I'm getting, oh, bless you, T-shirts printed for when I go to see Katie in April. You're so darling. Um, thank you, my loves. Uh, I'll be on the road, yeah, constantly. I won't see my house for about four months, I think, because I'm just going to throw myself on the road. It feels like utterly the right thing to do. Um, but March, uh, March, who's March? Mark is getting merch for people that would like it. And we're going to get um, ladies T-shirts, the, the, the lovely ones I like that make people's boobs look brilliant and arms look brilliant. Um, so we're going to get some of those. I'm all about silly cow. Mark says they should say batshit bonkers Britain, but you know, whatever. So this is Germans penalising their farmers. So much love to farmers if you're out there farming or you know a farmer. And please, I know we're already on it here at TNT Radio, but please, God, if you see a farmer, hear of a farmer, stop at their farm. If they're selling something, buy it. Love them, support them, because 
this culling of the farmers. Farmers are going to be on the front line. They already are, but they're going to be with us when it comes to whatever's about to come. And I say, bring it on. So what I want to do now, uh, because studio, much like when I was smelling earthquakes, they were smelling a break. I think they're going to start smelling another break if I don't hurry up. What I want to do is go to a commercial break. Well done to everybody. And won't we see the panic set in when there's no food? Yeah, there is. Um, Katie, I like your show and it's in English. Even though I am a descendant of the first fleet convict of 1788, Ellen Wainwright, I still prefer English to Australian. Of course, to those who use Australian swear words, I say, do not speak with people using the Australian vernacular with its small lexicon. Love from Anthony. Oh, I love the way. I love lexicon. First fleet, fleet convict to 1788. Love that. I'm a descendant of that fleet. Oh, oof, how exciting. Can't wait for my offty piss hat to arrive. I don't sell them, but maybe someone does. Oh, yes, we do. We only have a few left, I think. And I didn't, and I don't sound like that bush pig you just did, Katie. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I've forgotten already. No farmers, no food. Support the farming industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my, um, my troublesome middle daughter, who is me, went back to work today. So I felt a moment of, I don't want to confess to any motherly sadness, but... Uh, I woke up this morning, so I get I got up at about 5.45 and looked across the landing and my daughter's, oh no, my daughter's door was open to her bedroom because she's a farm uh, hand. She uh, runs a herd, well, her boss does rather, and she is the number one uh, farm hand. She's a herd bird. So she left home at five o'clock this morning to go back. So she lives on the farm in her van. And um, so she'll be out with her herd. And so, yeah, just one of those weird things when you have a slight motherly moment and then have to get a grip of yourself because they've all been home for Christmas and that's been sort of glorious. And now I sound like a proper mother. So what we'll do is we'll move on from this. But yeah, my daughter is a farmer. I'm super proud about it. And, um, and uh, it just... I think if there's a, there's a contribution you can make to farming, it's to add another one to their list. And she's a very solid individual with hands the size of dinner plates and and she can't feel heat anymore and she can't feel chemical burns anymore. Uh, and she's 18. So that's a, that's a good start in life as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, before I get emotional about not having my daughter at home, let's go to a short commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk Dave Chappelle. Two things. One, him walking out because an audience member uh, filmed his show. What you think about that? Is that right? Is that wrong? Would you go to a show and film it just so you had the joke, so you had it for another time, so you could show other people? Questions. And also, I guess, my love for Dave Chappelle because he's too big not to be cancelled. So we'll talk about Dave Chappelle when we come back. Right now, we're going to go to a commercial break. If you could please join the conversation, I'd love it please do join us. You don't have to say anything. You can just watch people chatting along who really help inform and drive this show. If I am in any way the rudder, which is a terrible idea because I should not be ruddering any, I'm not really a rudder, am I? I'm the stormy sea. But these guys are the hull of the ship. They are the solid thing. They are good information. They are information from the streets of Japan, of Australia, of California, 
of wherever. So do join the chat if you can. That's what drives this show. Uh, my name is Katie Hopkins and this, my friends, is TNT Radio. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more, so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. On a virtual road, you can test the limits of your driving ability to see how fast you can go under the most extreme conditions, like when it's dark, when the weather's bad, or when the unexpected happens. The higher the speed, the harder the impact. But driving isn't a game or a race. When you're on the road, just 10 miles per hour over the limit can mean the difference between life and death. You're responsible for people's lives and your own. Slow down and save lives. You're with Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. <laughs> yes, you certainly are. And I've just been killing myself laughing uh, in the break. I'm sure it was a sensible commercial break, so sorry about that. You guys are chatting away so brilliantly that my chat feed, I, I probably need another mechanism. Do I need an iPad or something so I can watch the feed better? Anyway, a horse peed on my tractor the other day and now it won't run. Seems it's come down with a urinary tractor infection. <laughs> Is that funny? I find that really funny. <laughs> I just so that was got me. So I was laughing. This is a problem with interacting with tribe in this way. Is I was having a good laugh, and I forgot to have a drink of my squash like an obnoxious child. And uh, so studio like five seconds, and I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Radio waits for no man. Good people. <laughs> That's really funny. Okay, uh, right. What were we going to talk about? Yes. Dave Chappelle. Do we know Dave Chappelle? Does everybody know Dave Chappelle? You know, Dave Chappelle, comedian, frontline comedian, craftsman, practiced his art and craft for years and decades and decades, uh, fascinated by the business of comedy, by the skill of comedy. And it doesn't matter if you find him funny or not, regardless. He is unbelievable, like Saturday Night Live, so he's able to appear right in the heart of enemy territory and then still joke do jokes that that lot find it's not that they find them offensive it's that his because really it's a, a written text on the world of course it's a, a narrative on the world his narrative does not fit with what you're supposed to believe it's nothing to do with offense now it is that he is absolutely punching up against the wall of what you're supposed to believe. And that is why he's so important. Let's go to the story a minute where that was the hook for this. So Dave Chappelle walking off stage 
during his stand-up show last week in Florida. Uh, this article is the 1st of January, so it was literally a few days ago. Uh, in my view, was 100% the fault of the audience member. So this is what I'm asking you on Tribes. Let's say you were at one of my shows, but it wouldn't be my show because I'd just hang out and no one would care because it's me. So let's say you're at one of Dave Chappelle's shows or a comedian that you like, you've bought the ticket. He had warned people not to record the show with their phones, right? There was a warning um, in the information, warnings at the venue. So you can't say you didn't see the warnings. And in this particular place, which is the uh, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, uh, Florida, there were warnings in the club. And also the club, I don't know if you've seen them, had those little bags that you put your phone in and then they get locked as the show begins. But he caught someone filming him and he was really cross and he called that audience member out and then he left without completing his set because he was so cross. Is that okay? Is it okay for a comedian to say, do you know what? I asked you not to record. You're recording. I've called it out. Now I'm fed up and walks off. I don't think it happened quite in that way, but you know what I'm saying? So you've got some different elements here, right? You've got the business of comedy in that if people record it, they could put that up online. You're missing out of your your own material is being passed around before you're ready. If you've got people putting that stuff up there, maybe some people won't buy a ticket. I'm sure Dave Chappelle's not worried about that. Other comedians or someone like myself, you're encouraging people not to film because clips from my stuff, if ever I go, when I go off on one, that sort of stuff is regarded as hate speech in the UK and therefore is an arrestable offence. So these people are essentially documenting what will have you arrested. That's why we ask people not to record. Um, but maybe also, so that fear of censorship, Dave Chappelle is too big for all of that, of course, because he's so successful, he can't be cancelled, which I love. My view is that what he might be trying to do is to protect other people standing on stages under the guise of comedy or comedians who are saying stuff that is now unsayable, protecting them from being arrested for hate speech in my country or over there being cancelled in America. Because if you're not big enough, Ricky Gervais, Dave Chappelle, if you're not a big Netflix hitter, you will be removed. Frankie Boyle, untouchable. But for the little people, that is an arrestable offence and will have you cancelled from being booked anywhere ever. Um, so I wonder where you sit on this, whether you think Dave Chappelle's right, whether you think he should just tuck it up, whether you think people should have more respect, whether audience members should understand that the problem with cancellation so shouldn't be filming. And also my personal view, if you've paid to watch a show, just watch it and have a laugh, have a drink, chat to someone next to you. Don't film it with your phone because then you don't see anything. You just see your damn phone. Johnny Rotten did it a few times as well. Dave is a legend. Walk out if they break the rules. Yeah. So what I want to play is this clip. I'm not going to apologize. It's quite long. But if you like me, uh, you listen better with your eyes shut. Shut your eyes. And if you don't know Dave Chappelle, just listen to this brilliantly, brilliantly crafted thing where it is almost like he puts a rope around the, the waists of his audience and he and he pulls them in bit by bit, softly, 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 and then lands the point he wants to make at the end. This to me is pure genius. I mean, it doesn't take, no one needs, Dave Chappelle certainly doesn't give a damn what I think, but just the craft of 
bringing your audience with you when you want to say something that is then seen as so offensive to be unreal. Uh, take a listen, please, if you will, to the mighty, mighty powerhouse that is Dave Chappelle. And the only thing that got me out of that space was a comedian friend of mine, the late, great Norm MacDonald. That's right. Shout out to Norm. And what Norm did, which I'll never forget, is he knew that I was the biggest Jim Carrey fan in the world. Now, I'm not going to go all into it, but Jim Carrey is talented in a way that you can't practice or rehearse. What a God-given talent. I was fascinated with him. And Norm knew that. And he called me up and he goes, Dave, um, he says, I'm doing a movie with Jim Carrey. Um, do you want to meet him? And I said, fuck yes i do and it was the first time i could remember since my father died being excited and the movie was called man on the moon i didn't know any of this and in this movie jim carrey was playing another comedian i admired the late great andy kaufman yes and jim carrey was so immersed in that role that from the moment he woke up to the time he went to bed at night he would live his life as andy kaufman i didn't know that when they said cut, this nigga was still <laughs> Andy Kaufman. So much so that everybody on the crew called him Andy. I didn't know any of that. I just went there to meet him, and when he walked into the room where we were supposed to meet, I screamed, Jim Carrey! And everyone said, no! <laughs> Call him Andy. And I didn't understand. And then he came over and he was acting weird. I didn't know he was acting like Andy Kaufman. He was just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, Hello? <laughs> Andy? Now, in hindsight, how fucking lucky am I that I got to see one of the greatest artists of my time immersed in one of his most challenging processes ever. Very lucky to have seen that. But as it was happening, <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> because I wanted to meet Jim Carrey and I had to pretend this nigga was Andy Kaufman <laughs> all afternoon. And he was clearly Jim Carrey. I could look at him and I could see he was Jim Carrey. Anyway, I say all that to say, that's how trans people make me feel. That's the beauty of the thing. And he sat there on the stage, super casual, sharing a personal story. And anyway, I say all of that just to say, pause. That's how trans people make me feel. Wash. Oh, I just can't love that enough, really. Uh, just looking here on Tribe about what people are saying about when people come along and film gigs. Some people saying uh, they knew the rules. Uh, if you don't want to abide by the rules, don't buy a ticket. Right, absolutely. Other people say Dave is a legend. Walk out if they break the rules. But then, of course, you're punishing everybody. That's a very military thing. And uh, when you purchase with ticket, uh, you abide by the rules. Other people saying just being a, a diva. They probably film the show anyway. Importantly, uh, this bit of information just coming in uh, from uh, one of our lovely tribesters. I went wild camping last spring and was arrested for loitering within a tent. <laughs> it's 
been that sort of day today, hasn't it, everybody? Well done, Tribe. Love you driving this show. Super work, super effort, and a lot of fun. Um, so, my darlings, we will be back same time tomorrow. Uh, if someone doesn't know about TNT Radio, do tell them. Lots of other presenters on here. If you cannot stand the sight or sound of me, uh, we'll be back same time tomorrow here at TNT Radio. My name, don't you forget it, is Katie Hopkins. And this, my darlings, is TNT Radio. <laughs>